Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I am, as always, R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the power of choice and how much indecision really does affect us yeah. and, and what the nature of indecision actually is. But before nature we get to that, we'll do our usual Mayan. It's always doubt. <coughs> so today in Mayan is... Eight Chachan, Akbal, excuse me. Eight Akbal. Akbal is the, the tribe of the night or the dreamer, and eight is exploring options, so it's a good day to be doing one on choice. And your dreams last night may have been exploring options, mm -hmm. which is a, another method by which we can interpret, I'm sorry, another method by which we can interpret things. Yes. I, pardon me, I messed you up again, didn't I? I harmonize in order to to dream, modeling intuition, and I seal the input of abundance with the galactic tone of integrity. And today's a portal day, a portal day, which uh -huh. means that it's, a, it's those straw days. Uh, that's the way I look at it, like a drinking straw between different dimensional realities. It's a mm -hmm. good day to travel between them. So those that are studying the Mayan calendar with us will be having another class uh, come up, which is a full weekend event to get the... Although you can hold it in your head very simply once you understand Mayan, but uh, building little rooms in the head, we donate a weekend to this process. So mm -hmm. if that does strike you, if you are at the point where you would like to enter this other realm of time, to please give us an email on that. Um, life is very different. You've seen yourself be in and out of time throughout your life. In other words, a week can take a few minutes, a week can take a couple months. Okay, well, you understand a little bit about what we're talking about. But this is an entry into um, another dimension of time. Uh, the one that we live in is, uh, like many of the things we live in, illusionary. And I would well, use the word bogus to describe the way in which we keep time in the uh, 3D Gregorian world. Well, that's world. really true. It, it, time has gotten way out of control, so to speak. It's not... Uh, something that we use as a tool anymore. It's become master that we're enslaved to. And we don't even think about it. It's such an assumption, a basic assumption about reality that Tuesday follows Monday and that you've got to be here at 6 or 7 o'clock. And, and the constraints we put on ourselves with time, it's amazing when you step out of it. It's really a different world. Yeah, mankind has long been beating ourselves. We have long been... People kind has long been beating mm. uh, with the words late and early and mm -hmm. even on time. All of these are words of abuse. You're late. No, not really. How would that be? How is that possible to be late? That's well, a I love your, your thing where, where Mars, Mars, if you yeah. look into a telescope and don't see Mars, you don't say Mars is late. You just you say, say there's, there's more about it you have to understand. Yeah, I like that. And that's the, uh, always the use of the word late is, um, uh, you know, bashing a fellow human with the word, you know, or you're the first, there's just a million words of abuse about uh, time, and to step out of that to become mm -hmm. a completely different... Well, and that there is a choice that you can make, for sure. Power of choice, mm -hmm. yeah, which is the particular aspect of consciousness we'd like to raise this evening, the power of choice. So there is in the, the concept of thinking in trinities instead of the bipolar thinking that is common in the illusion, right 
or wrong, hot or cold, all of these uh, opposing thoughts, uh, once you start to think in trinities, so to expand the idea of choice into trinity is to understand, let me first start with the uh, trinity of human creation. Uh, We are very creative beings, we really are, and we are constantly creating. We have been trained to create nonsense, we have been trained to create disasters, we've been trained to create headaches, there's another thousand words of abuse in what we have been trained. Now, um, the trinity of human creativity will start with the idea of spark, of inspiration. We are inspired. Once we are inspired, that inspiration will set off a process. When the process is complete, we use the word bored. And the word bored actually only means that you are about to begin a new inspiration and a new process and a new sleeping, a new rest in between. And that is what we are always doing in this particular trinity. Now, in the idea of creation, so I want to modify that trinity slightly to say that um, everything is made of love. This is true. And we as a creative human being take a pile of this love and we mold it exactly like a sculptor molds clay. And then we bring that into reality with decision, mm-hmm. with choice. And we have been doing this from ot zip. We, we do it instinctively. There's nobody that really does anything else. It's just a matter of taking a look at what you are doing and realizing that you can choose to bring anything into existence. We are limitless creators. We've said that on this show a few times. Well, I think that just the idea of having a power of choice is one of the powers, one of our great powers. It is our great power. Uh, A long time ago when everyone started talking about the power of intention, I I realized that even the word intention is uh, not a very empowered choice. It's my intent to do this. It's my intention. So I realized to say it is my decision the decision word is an active verb, really. It's mm-hmm. a, it's an ar- already done thing when you say decision. And a decision is an already done thing. So then that leads to what makes it so that people are indecisive and not, not making a decision about things. And that is the idea that they could possibly be wrong, that there is, we are trained to think that there is a right decision and there is a wrong decision or an incorrect decision. And if we make that incorrect decision, we will go off on a tangent that we will never get back to our true self. Well, we believe that because that's one of the things we're taught. But inside we know that that decision is what's going to propel us into being who we really are and living the life we came here to live. Mm -hmm. And so whenever there's a decision point that comes up, we get split in half. And what we tend to do when we walk, when we make a decision and we walk that path, we spend that whole time wondering what would have been. Oh, if I had stayed working at that company, I would be making 5000 more a year. And we go in this back and forth about what we would have done. When we let go of what we don't decide and not label it good or bad or any of those things or go back to look to see if we made a wrong decision, then all the opportunity on that path will show up 
on the path we did choose. And also operating under the construct that every decision we make is the right one and it can't not be, Mm -hmm. takes the pressure off of making the wrong decision. 100% of everything is on your side all the time. I agree. And people just will not look at that. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, My name is Neil. How you doing? Good. good. Hey. Good to hear from you. What can we do for you? Uh, Today is my 30th birthday. Uh, All right. I love you guys. A lot of things you say really help to get my mind right. So what I want to do for my 30th birthday is when I do meditation and I try to, like, enter the sun, like really go into my my heart chakra for some reason and around my waist, I get caught and I can't go all the way in. And I realized that that's me holding myself back in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering what techniques would you guys suggest to help me pop all the way through for my birthday tonight. Oh, what a great question. question. Happy birthday. We're very happy you were born, and we're happy that you're on the planet with us Mm -hmm. um, on behalf of all of us. So happy birthday. Um, That is something very common that I've noticed. For close to 10 years, I've done bowl readings where I set quartz crystal bowls on people, ring them, and get information. And one thing that I noticed is men were often very blocked in their heart chakra, and women were very blocked in their throat chakra, just as a rule. And what I saw was when we, were, we, when we are little and we have a, an emotional reaction or a reaction and we were told that's wrong, oh, control yourself, and little boys are taught that far more than little girls, although little girls are too, that what happens is we install an editor every time we feel something, which is our solar plexus. It's the editor just resides there. And so then when we grow up and we're adults and we're developing our spirituality and we want to open our heart center more so that we can feel and experience, it triggers that old uh, cascade of defense by being stuck in the solar plexus, the editor. So I would suggest you talk to the editor in a meditation and say, I love you. I know you came here to protect me in a paradigm that I used to live in, but now we are in a different paradigm where I trust the feelings that come through my heart and I allow them. So I am going to reassign your job to be help me to understand and to feel. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Neo, um, the information about the Mayan applies to you rather particularly. You are in the spiral. We are all in the Mayan spiral. This particular year, this particular year is what tonight's Mayan reading is. Yeah, and that's not your Mayan sign so much, but that is the year, the energies of the year for you. Your progressed Mayan sign. So this applies to you for this year. You will be exploring uh, an enormous number of options this year and especially in dream time. So if you don't already start a dream journal, begin to um, ask and answer questions through the dreaming realms uh, for yourself. But this is a glorious year you are about to uh, undertake. This is quite, um, we have, we're all three in the same spiral. So you may very well be a Ben. Yeah, uh, at some point. Email me the year of your birth and I'll look that up for you. Yeah. This is my 30th birthday, Oh, yeah, 30th. Yeah, this is the big 3-0, the wow. dirty 30, and uh, I like a reading. I'm not, I'm... Uh, well, yeah, well, when the okay. readings come along, we'll definitely do one. 
And I believe it was Neil, if I caught the name Neil correct. or Neil? Ne oh, well, he, can, he okay. can call back towards the end of the show okay. if you'd like. Yeah. But we'll do that. So this is uh, very germane uh, to this particular yeah. man's flight pattern. Yeah, and, so, and choice. Just yeah. the choice to become conscious or the choice to stay unconscious. And what we mean, we always say our show is about raising consciousness. And what that is, is being aware of what's going on. If you look at how we treated animals and how we treated each other as human beings, and then gradually people are becoming more conscious. Not everybody, but a, a good percentage the are percent of the becoming human race. more conscious. And that yeah. means, hey, I'm aware of the impact that I leave, that my footsteps bring. And I'm also aware of the people around me. And I'm aware of myself equally. So it's not a matter of martyrdom. And it's not a matter of, of being a narcissist and taking over the world as a dictator. It's a matter of knowing yeah, like, who you truly are, which is the true definition of humility, which plans. means you're not less and you're not more. Well, yeah, to take over the world. Well, we'll we're going to let you be yeah. a dictator. No, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, a few shows a while ago, months ago, asked people to take a look at how their life had changed in this first decade of the 21st century, and uh, all of the feedback that we got, all of the emails, et cetera, uh, was all massive change has occurred. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and this is not like your average decade, so to speak, although each decade does represent a higher frequency. So the entire of our planet is at a higher frequency than really it has been, certainly in recorded history. <clears throat> there were moments of golden ages and long forgotten pasts where paths, pasts, where we, <coughs> especially when you're clearing your throat, <laughs> uh, where we had held higher frequencies. Mm -hmm. uh, Egypt, when it was fully functional, held a very high frequency. There wasn't this concept of slavery the way we think of it. Everybody was aware that they were choosing to do what they were doing, but I'm digressing slightly from my point, which is that uh, we're at a higher frequency than we ever were before. And we have to, we serve ourselves well when we love those that are not at the higher frequency, but we do not have to tolerate their lower frequency stuff. As soon as we love them, they will absolutely run away. It's the way it is with lower and higher frequencies. Yes. We've said trillions of times now, counting reruns, uh, that the difference between fear and information is simply the level of consciousness of the person perceiving the situation. In other words, if the car is driving towards the brick wall and you don't know about brakes and you don't know about steering wheel, that's huge fear. But since you know about brakes and steering, that's nothing. That's not even fear. It's merely information. And so anyone that is fearful of anything or anyone is demonstrating their particular low frequency. Yes. And this is not yeah, personal it, about anyone. It's just it's a technique of observation. Well, you know, one of the ways I explain that in my psychic development series, mm -hmm. and, and this is my truth and, and what I feel, and everybody's free to believe whatever they choose, but I feel that fear and those lower frequencies is just love acting out in a denser layer. If we look at these layers and they increasingly get clearer and clearer as we go up, we can look at love through those lower density eyeglasses and it looks like demons and scary things. Or we can remove our perception point and put it at a higher level and it becomes angels and doves and dolphins and mermaids and these lovely things. 
And it's really up to us. It's like my violet sea dream, mm. where I dreamed I was going to the <coughs> violet sea, and I get to this ocean, and I'm <coughs> in it with dolphins and mermaids, and I take a mason jar and scoop it up and hold it up to the light, and I realized it was really deep purple. I hadn't been tricked. I thought I had been tricked and taken to the Black Sea. And this being came over and said, all blackness is is concentrated divinity. Just shine more light on it. And so the more we think of that darkness, the harder it becomes to make decisions because we are so fearful that we're running from this darkness and trying to find this light that we are involved only in that fleeing and running toward and we're never there being conscious about making a choice what's right for us, what makes us feel larger and more empowered. And we do have our next Great. caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? This is Eleanor. Oh, hi, Eleanor. Eleanor. Hi. hi. I'm calling from Herndon from my senior center. Oh. And I just wanted to say when you talk about animals, on occasion I dog sit four dogs. Mm-hmm. Two are older and two are younger. And it's amazing when the younger dogs run and play how the older dogs forget that they have Alzheimer's or Aww. they have arthritis. And it's just amazing. And that's what happens here at, the, at our senior center. We have uh, children that come here and visit, especially Linda and, and, and Richard. And uh, they, they just make us, they uplift us because Aww. of their activities with us and they bring us just like the dogs running. They make us feel good. Uh, so, and yeah. uh, I wanted to bring that point that we just love having them here. Anyone that comes that's younger and gives us vitality. Oh, we're so going to have to come see you because... Uh, but Neville, I wanted to ask you a question in particular. Since you were murdered and came back, recently a woman that I worked with was fatally killed by her husband. And I'm wondering, will she come back? She, uh, when she was killed, when she died, hundreds of people from our company and all over the United States came for her memorial. She was so well-loved. How does that how will that happen? Will we see her At Neville? this point, she'll be reincarnating. Rather, What happened to me was I was killed dead by gunshot, and then uh, uh, relatively within a, I don't know the length of time, but I reanimated the body. The heart started again, and I, I put my spirit right back in this particular body. What she's going to do is uh, go through uh, creating a new body, and uh, yes, you will recognize her, and um, usually that's a distance away, but it's not always the truth. I know Mary tells a story in uh, having recognized um, uh, things in her childhood that were from her past lives, and the idea of um, uh, this sequence of lifetimes that we go through. Now, she and the husband have danced this dance before, and it was her turn to be the one, um, let us gently say, croaked. And uh, then when, now, what happened to me when I was shot and I was on the other side, I saw that the person and I, the one that shot me, I saw that we signed a contract. And he said, kid, when you're 27, I'm going to blow your head off. And we laughed and laughed and laughed. And then I said to people, well, you know, I never forgave that man for killing me because there was nothing to forgive, because it was my idea. I signed on that he was going to kill me. 
I love him for having done that. I never forgave him. There was nothing to forgive. He took on the nonsense of, of murdering someone, covered with the slime of murdering someone, for me to sit here and do TV and, you know, our show together and, and the, um, the books and everything else that we do. So I love that person for having done that. Now, if that couple, if they don't love each other for that, they'll be back and probably act it out again, this time reversing poles in that, until they catch that. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so there's what, if you wanted to pray, that would be what you yeah, I think for. that's really good. And I just also wanted to uh, mention something in my experience because I do readings with people and I have had communication from people that mm -hmm. are apparently no longer in their body because they're vibrating faster than their body and we call that death. But that we here on the earth plane have a lot of evaluation about the method that we die. Uh, if it's suicide or if it's murder or if it's these various things, of course we have a large value on that, uh, a negative value, because we don't want to uh, have people killing themselves and killing each other. But when you get to the other side, it's just a method that you chose for your own growth yeah, to, to pass. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really not any different once you get to the other side. I mean, you still have your things that you'll work through, that you'll deal with, that you'll review, and everything, but that it, it's really all the same. And whether a person chooses cancer or whatever, it's, it's all very specific to what they came here to learn. So. Yeah, and uh, death, as long as we are uh, talking to a senior um, center, death is a really good thing. I, when I was on the other side, Man, that's nothing that people really do envision here. You, you create your next life. You hang out. You, er, everything is education. When you are on the other side, you get a great deal of education that you don't get here. Everything yeah, it's is like, well, education. It's like, um, also, yeah. when you were saying you just wake up, it's like you wake up from this life. I got that yeah. one time also, uh, but we won't go into that so much. I, but I did want to mention something Eleanor said about being around younger spirits, like mm -hmm. younger dogs. And the thing is, is this idea of growing old and having a friction and getting tired and all that, it's really a learned thing. I think if we were to go somewhere where there was nobody older than us, only people younger than us, aging wouldn't happen. All aging really is based on resistance and stress and everything. It's resisting what is, accepting what is, finding your power within what is. It, you get younger, you youthify, you, you yeah. move forward. And that it shows you that just making the choice to feel younger, you can. Mm -hmm. It's all a choice. So everybody make the choice to feel more vibrant and vital if that's what you choose to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Eleanor, thank you. You can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> because we're old dogs and you just taught us new tricks. Yay. Thank you so yeah. much. Have a good evening. Oh, oh you, you too. too. Thanks for that. Always lovely to hear from you. Yeah. Now, we've taught, speaking of the power of choice, we've taught so many times on this program the nine words, which, of course, everyone remembers by now, which our thought creates and where you place your attention grows, which gives us an idea of um, just hanging on to the nine words, that sentence. Uh, you get to begin to recognize the amount of power and authority and sovereignty you have over your life. 100% of everything that happened in your life is your idea, is your choice. And 
when you place your attention on something, it grows, and you choose where you place your attention. So the name of the game, and in fact perhaps the only game, is where is your attention placed? And our society is just really um, tattooed with uh, and broiled with getting us to place our attention on growing old. It's just absolutely everywhere. You know, and, and young people think, oh, that's really hot, I'm young. I've, I'll, I'll you know, watch those others place their attention on being old. But that's what you're doing. When you're saying you're watching others do that, that's where you're placing your attention. It's uh, really insidious, I believe well, that's the word. And that's where it's really important to alter your beliefs or to relax your beliefs so that you can take in other ideas and being around things. Mm -hmm. uh, because the universe really does operate on the law of entrainment. When there are two heart, cell, heart cells and they're separate from each other and the closer they get, they're beating out of unison, then they start beating in unison. Mm -hmm. People's cycles, women's cycles and men's too, they synchronize when we're close together. We are an entrainment type of a reality. And so why entrain yourself to that uh, person in a bad mood in your office? Entrain yourself. Hold your frequency. Be your choice. Entrain to something higher and yeah. insist that people have to come to your vibrational frequency if they want to communicate. Yeah. Otherwise. And we have our next caller. Bye-bye. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, it's Sharon. Sharon, what can we do for you? I was wondering if you could please shed some light on Alzheimer's. Ah. Well, well I... I've dealt with it a lot uh, with that, uh, that kind of thing, and I always felt that it was um, a way for people to do the life review and to deal with the idea of death um, before they go, um, because in a lot of ways toward the end, it's like you're in spirit, but yet you're still here in physical. And my father had Alzheimer's, and my mother did not. She died very quickly, and my mother was not afraid of death, and my father was, and I have known a lot of people with Alzheimer's, and I'm not saying everybody is, but maybe there's something here to do to forgive or to experience or to do that life review, that that's what they're choosing to well, be here. Well, the process of Alzheimer's used to be done on the other side. Yeah. Uh, that would be a between-the-worlds phenomenon where you are reliving the entire life. Uh, the um, idea that there are no reruns, the idea that you're always meeting new people, you know, as, as the um, humor associated with, um, uh, is not out of um, bounds, really, all the way around. Now, the, um, da, 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 the four agreements were done by the Toltec. The um, idea of... Uh, having death as your friend rather than as That's the Carlos enemy. That's Carlos Castaneda. Okay, uh, rather than your enemy, which is the way society is treating death. Our society treats death as an enemy, and therefore people do their level best to forestall against it when it is really just a, just a wonderful thing. It really is. And because of this fighting against it, people are remaining in their bodies out of fear and begin the process that is normally between well, the worlds. And yeah. that's what Alzheimer's is. It well, is that's the fear exactly of death. what um, I was uh, saying, yeah, too. Well, I I'm mean, agreeing I'm agreeing with, with you. you. Yeah, um, yeah. But, the, but you brought up that uh, good thing from the Carlos Castaneda books where he, he talked about doing a process called recapitulation where you review your life 
anything that still sticks and has a ping, you oh, resolve it. Um, and you Capitulation. Go okay. ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell your joke. I didn't. I, I was talking when you talked. Anything that has a pit in it. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so you're, you review your life and you go through it and do your um, resolving of it before you go so that you can walk through life with death on your left shoulder as your yeah. friend and you're not pursued by it. But you're right. We do a lot of that review in the afterlife or right before death. Yeah. And so that's why I've always uh, suggested to people you understand your relationship with death now. Yeah, uh, and, and death is a really see how good you feel thing. about it now, and come up with your belief systems now, rather than waiting for yeah. the end of your life, and that may and cause you to hang on. And to quote Stephen King, "Fun's fun, and done's done." <laughs> well, yeah. thank you. That's absolutely fascinating, and I actually had realized that it was with my mother um, is the person with the problem, and um, recognized that it was sort of allowing me an opportunity to grieve sort of early. Yes. That's, that's what we're saying, yeah. And um, uh, I, if this world will wake up and we can actually do stem cell repair on people, you can remain, because I've had a lifetime of a lot of experience and would like to play with them. There's 10 or 15 books I would write, you know, and uh, having options, medical options, that we don't have, because the body does tend to run down because it's in an environment where well, because we are we constantly being... That is true, too, and we are also in an environment where there's a physiological poisoning and psychological poisoning as well. But I really believe that doesn't have to happen, even with that, because yeah. even that is a belief. Now, I'm not saying I I've mastered it, but saying. I just... Yeah, and that's the thing. While we are believing that if we you know, take a bath in a bathtub full of mercury, it's likely to be fatal, while we have that belief, you know, and that's kind of what's been going on in the... Uh, well groundwater, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I, I, I still think yeah. that we can get poisoned by things that we don't believe can poison us. Like, let's say we don't know mercury can kill us. We can still have that. But we have this consciousness of the human form, and it's kind of a package deal. Whatever that, that resonance is with the human body and earth 3D reality, but we can ascend our consciousness to a higher place where those things really don't affect us and everything. Mm -hmm. But thank you so much. What a great call. Appreciate your question. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So now I'd like to talk about the activator code of choice, you know, the, which is a very important thing. And what the activator code of choice is, is a single word, and there are other words certainly, but knowing. When you know, then you choose. You see what I'm saying, the activator code. So it's the idea of getting to knowing or getting to yes or there have been any number of philosophers go run off at the mouth about these particular subjects. But when you don't have the knowing or you have the knowing and you don't make the choice, the knowing is likely to be divided by doubt and knowing divided by doubt is denial. That is the thing that we fall into. We, we, we figure the situation out and we do not activate it. We do not choose to move it forward. We sit there and look at it, or we explain it to other people and listen to their opinions on it, in which case it's pretty much washed down the river by that point. Whatever that, that decision was going to be kind of goes. Whereas we, in our own native ability, can sit there, figure it out, know what to do, 
and actually do it were it not for the amount of doubt that's endemic in the field. And doubt is, um, seems to be the number one hobby on the planet Earth. <laughs> as far as I can tell, people will doubt things out from underneath themselves constantly. It's a matter of knowing, making knowing, then deciding, then allowing, and there it is. It's the allowing nobody knows that much about either, you know. Well, I've always said it's our job to say what, the universe's job to say how, um, and that marries the two ideas of letting go and letting God, and Mm -hmm. we create our reality. So it really has to be letting go. Picture yourself walking into a restaurant and ordering an omelet, and then you give the order to the waitress, and then you say, oh, that's too complicated, and call them back and change the order, and then, no, that's what I really want. And we do that often with our choices because we're afraid of making the wrong choice. Let yourself off the hook. Launch your uh, choices and they'll come back. And I know we have a call. Absolutely. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? I'm Evan calling. Hey, Evan. Evan. Hey, how are we doing? Okay, I I had a kind of question. uh, It's kind of work-related. Okay. And um, I have a uh, problem with, um, I guess, uh, choosing. I guess I I choose maybe the... the, um, the wrong path, I don't know, I tend to do everything, you know, and tend not to uh, waver from work. And uh, I was just wondering, um, that it seems to have a negative impact. I was wondering maybe you could give me maybe another avenue maybe to uh, explore, maybe to, I don't know, I guess on the topic of choice. Now, you feel like you're, you're making incorrect choices, is that what you said? Yeah, it's just that um, I, I tend not to... Uh, take myself out of the social situations, which has has kind of been detrimental okay. to my uh, my work. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. So, uh, you don't really get involved in all the culture at the work, uh, right? In and the uh, social. Well, one uh, thing is really true when we believe that there's that we're going to make the wrong decision, or that we don't fit in, or that us being alone and not wanting to socialize with everybody at work is wrong, that really does put a target on us, so to speak, as Mm -hmm. far as being a magnet for the very thing that we are resisting. And choices, decisions, really can't be just a product of the mind because our heart and our gut also make those decisions with us, and it it will reveal to us uh, conflicts in those decisions as well. But it has to be something your heart really feels rather than your head because our mind is really not designed to know everything going on for, from past, present, and future. It's, it's only about right now and what's good for us. And sometimes thinking about it too much then, then um, makes us not hear what our heart is really telling us. Well, mankind came up with an astounding invention. It's just to be admired. And the name for it is guilt. Okay. And what guilt does is make a shortcut in your thinking. I would use a short circuit in your thinking. In other words, um, uh, rather than um, get out of bed in the morning in integrity to embrace the concept of a new day, to uh, be excited about what you will create with this sacred opportunity, uh, etc., we short the circuit and we get out of bed because we would be guilty if we stayed in bed. Okay, now the average person, that's way too much thinking. I don't feel like waking up and 
and recognizing my day as a sacred opportunity for limitless creation. That's, that's way too many words. That's just effort, it would appear. Uh, and so I'll just get up, because if I don't, I'll be guilty. And this is throughout our life. So rather than um, uh, whatever it is you didn't want to do, say socialize, rather than fit in or rather than be part of a group, it is easier to withdraw from that, but then you feel guilty about it. See, and it's the guilt that's, well, that's the whole point, running yeah. the engine of, um, uh, and, and then once you're guilty, you're immediately dull in comparison. Also, when you're guilty, it's you send out a vibe and people think you've done something wrong to hurt them. Too. That was the next point. And also, we would throw a party where we invited only guilty people. Uh, yeah, there's a party to go to, right? How many people would come to that? No, no one would come to that party. Of course not. You don't want to do that. And that's what we do. And we all walk around with a percent of guilt poisoning in us. A percent of guilt poisoning. I feel guilty for not going to that party. There you go. See? Now, now you can go to the party. I know. Yeah. That's the way this entire thing goes. And this is Every flat party out is invisible <laughs> to us. Invisible. We have been taking this short-circuit thinking of guilt for so long that it's habituated that we do it all the time without knowing it. And it, it's just everywhere in the society. Uh, it, and, and the media is habituated to get us to feel guilty all the time about all of us not having an unbelievably, um, you know, archetypically male or archetypically female body, all of us not having uh, simply billions of dollars of disposable income, all of us not... Um, um, having fresh breath and fresh armpits. Or snor snowboarding down the side of a mountain at a... That's the whole reason Jackass gets away with putting out movies like that. They're just pandering to the, you heard me, they're just pandering to the they're guilt. <laughs> yeah, they're pandering to the guilt that we all have, that we have since. I, no one's launching me in a portageon into oblivion. Ah, but here we found someone who's guilty enough, you know, of not being, fitting into the group. So, twing, you know, this, this works constantly all the time. We, we don't understand the amount of guilt manipulation that goes on in our life. If we did, we would make a completely different set of choices about who we are and what it is we do. Well, Fashion is in and of itself a joke in that, you know, you can get everybody to feel bad. Remember when Gloria Vanderbilt put out the, the jeans that were, you had to have them painted on? They yes. were that time. Yeah. Okay, and everybody that didn't have them felt guilty, but those that didn't have them and didn't want them and didn't want to be oh, well, you're not acting guilty. We have to do something immediately. You know, the, uh, the whole fitting in is guilt. The whole introversion is guilt. Well, I, so I, would, I would imagine that, that, the, that most parties are those guilt parties because often we do, do things out of guilt. And I've done a lot of thinking about that, and I know this is about choice, and feeling guilty really is a choice. But we do so many things out of oblige, out of guilt, like sign up for something and then I have to go because I'm, I'll be guilty. But I've noticed that especially we always let people off the hook with the guilt thing. But then I think people rubber band a large percentage yes. of the time to the other extreme where they have no, no self uh, 
um, it's not self-respect, but they don't value their word. They don't have integrity with their word. They don't sure. have impeccability with their word. They, they just willy-nilly do things. We are not taught any other way to keep ourselves in a focus and in power with our decisions unless we use guilt. And so we really have to devise an impeccability within us that we keep our word and we do these things because we have, we have self-love, we have self-respect, self-discipline, and self-love. I think it was, wasn't it, Almin, that self-love is, is self is uh, discipline. discipline. Um, no, self-discipline is love in action or something like that. I don't remember the word. Self-love is self-discipline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it really is. I mean, we mm -hmm. there's this greatness, and I think everybody out there, if you've been on a diet or something, and I'm not, I'm not proposing diets because there's so much guilt in there, but when we do d accomplish things like that, and we get into shape, we go to the gym, we do these things, we have this sense of power, like, wow, I'm not being run by these kindergarten kids running out of control or these little gremlins swinging from uh, ceiling fans in my head. I have power over my head. And that's what we're all looking for. And so choosing impeccability, walking toward that rather than running from the guilt is a good way to walk through life. Oh, well, yeah. And having a, a guilt-free world to live in, even if it's just your personal world, not doing anything because of a guilt motivation. People have no, you know, we the human race at this point, have no concept of the amount of guilt manipulation that goes on. And in fact, any manipulation that occurs is guilt manipulation. So to step out of guilt is to step into integrity. To step out of guilt is to begin to actually live moment to moment, seeing uh, exactly what uh, level of expression you can create, rather well, than just please don't see me or look at me or beat me or any of this. Well, when I was a young, young woman, I had studied the Bible a lot because of an experience I had with seeing the exorcists when I was about 15 or whenever that came out. And it terrified me so much. It really drove me into my own odyssey through religion and through yeah. my own fears and out the other side. And I realized as I was reading the Bible that often after I read it, I just felt awful, like uncomfortable. And I realized that if we crossed all the things that had guilt in it, out of there, it would be a lot more constructive. And I, I identified guilt as a small child, and I think we all do, viscerally. And so it's important to release it. So having that awareness that we can choose to feel guilty or not, and then giving ourselves something other than guilt, which means the impeccability and sense well, of... Well, impeccability of is a very good concept. We can do a show on uh, yeah. the idea of integrity. Well, integrity, impeccability is just being, um, policing yourself yeah. out of love and discipline. Integrity, you can be in integrity and still feel guilty. If you believe guilt's the paradigm and you act that way, then you're acting in integrity, like my automatic writing was pointing out years ago. But I believe we're almost... Yeah, we that. have brought with us a bunch of crystals as well. Because we've got this really everything. wonderful two-day crystal workshop happening this, this weekend, weekend, and then... Yeah. Then we also have the advanced class, which has some really advanced gritting techniques. It's real fun. So we actually you, uh, go out and do these things. If you have or have not taken crystals with us, consider the idea of this weekend. Um, we, you it's can fun. send us an email. It's fun.
we're going to uh, teach an enormous amount of information on crystals and how they work. And uh, we have a few samples here, and I believe we're okay. up on the dock already, or we would begin the idea of uh, showing these guys off. But we'll do that a little well, after the dock. This is a green though. calcite. Mm -hmm. got strength, and strength really is a belief in yourself. I am strong enough to be vulnerable is one of my favorite affirmations. Thank you. Okay. What did you get? Those cards can really hear you think. I got simplicity, which is a very good concept. So let me just do um, one or so um, before the call start for the, the readings. This is a um, fluoride ball that's an unbelievably beautiful color. I don't know if we can set up close-ups on these things. We could have. Yes, we could have if yeah, we know. Yeah, I think we're all set up to do the cards. Yeah, so. they're all set up for the cards. But um, It's a really deep purple with some nice bluish-green highlights in there. It's yeah, really lovely. Yeah, no, it's a gorgeous item. And, um, well, we, we talk about this during the class, what fluoride is, what it's good for, how it works, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a lot of experiential stuff that we're going to yeah. do. I thought I would... Uh, um, this is Amazonite, and I, I know our callers are standing by for the... Well, I was going to do one for a caller earlier who has a birthday. Yeah, why don't we do that one? That one's really a lovely sphere, so let me... I'll do the first reading for a caller earlier who's 30 years old today. Yeah. And the first card is um, Clinging to the Past. And Clinging to the Past, you can see that they have this trash-compacted block of old conversations, old thoughts, and old beliefs about themselves, and they're missing this beautiful cup of light. And I feel that was when you reached that point in your life that you decided to become more conscious and to take your life more sacredly rather than seriously. And as a result, you're, you're starting to get out there and really discover who you are in relationship to the universe. And this card comes up often when it's about running your own business and knowing that you would be a good leader and a teacher, even, uh, the things that you know, but that there's still a little more for you to discover, but it's all right there within you. Let it flower and unfold, and that you're, you're really growing quite a bit right now. Okay, and do we have a call? Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hey, Mary. Hey, Neville. It's Pat. Pat. Hey, what can we do for you? Oh, uh, well... I, I do want to get a reading from Mary, but first off, before that, um, I wanted to say that I found your comments on uh, dieting and the whole diet thing very interesting. And something I would like to share with your viewers is, um, you know, I never had any luck dieting uh, because I would try and try, and uh, other things would be going on in my life that un just I was unaware were causing me to run to the refrigerator or run to the pantry. And so I would try it for a while. It wouldn't work. Then I'd get more frustrated and give up and eat myself into oblivion. Uh, I think the word diet needs to be removed from uh, the uh, well, Pat, vocabulary. Pat, it's I, a lifestyle change. Well, yeah, that's true too. But um, 
I, I am of the belief, and I do this really long series called Healing from the Inside Out, where we mm -hmm. cover exactly what you're talking about, what the real thing is that's going on. And when, we are naturally healthy and in good shape. That's our natural state. And we have to work really hard to be anything other than that. And usually it's emotional things that come in and that create that as something that's benefiting us. And when you figure out what that is, and allow that to be gone, everything comes back into resonance. Exactly. So thank you for that. Well, I know we've got some other callers on the line. Um, Pat, I really appreciate your comments. And Can you call back next week and let's have a longer conversation about well, that? Well, actually, I was going to stop by uh, after the show. Okay, oh, but, yeah. but call yeah. into the show also because I think everyone would love to hear that. And Let me pull your cards for you real quick. Uh, Okay, the first card is finishing up something you have begun before you begin another thing. And I feel that that's what you're doing, is, is reconnecting with those parts of you that had been uh, di disconnected, and that that is finishing up something to get you on your feet. The burden is things that we carry around on our back, and exactly what you were just talking about, the weight that we carry on our bodies is really a weight of a belief or an event that we've lived through that we haven't been able to get off of our back. And once we do, then we can walk forward. This guy doesn't even know that something's on his back. He's just sweating and wondering why he's heading in certain directions in his life. So this is a time to really look at your beliefs about yourself and your place in life and where you're headed and not to worry so much about what other people are expecting of you, whether that's coming in the form of resisting it as in the rebel or encouraging it as in forcing yourself to be like what they want. So thank you, Pat. Great. Excellent. And Do we have our call? next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name? Hi, this is Aristotle. I'm 16 years old and I'm a student and a musician. I would like to get a reading, please. Okay. Thank you for calling. Mm -hmm. Student musician sounds like a lovely combination. Yeah, Aristotle. Yes, all, all, all around, yes. Okay, the new vision, and there's something, I mean, just in those three things you told us about yourself and in, in, your, in the sound of your voice and what I feel from that, you really are someone with that new vision that sees things differently than everyone. And maybe there were times in your life where people tried to suppress that because it was uncomfortable or seemed dangerous to them. But don't let anybody do that because the things, the nuggets of wisdom, the things that you have, the slant that you see life through is really unique and it's important for you to preserve it and let it out. And this understanding is to say, okay, these bars that other people have talked me into putting around myself really are not there and I'm going to let them go through my awareness. And this is the, uh, there's a little per, uh, person, I think right there, walking with a staff, and this represents our journey through our spiritual path and walking toward our enlightenment or that sun up there and that you're on your path. And I think that you've done this before, and I'm even feeling you've had past lives in, uh, in Tibet and, and have a lot of that history with you. And so tap into that maybe in your dreams. So uh, thank you. Yeah, Great. and we want to take a moment to invite people to join us at uh, Ruby Tuesdays and Ruby watch Tuesdays. Uh, online anytime. Do we have time for another call? Okay, yeah. one more. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary. Devil, it's Katie. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Great. Thank oh, you. Good. What can we do for you tonight? First, well, first of all, I wanted to give you the good news that my husband got a job. Yay! <laughs> I know you know we've been we've been hoping for that, um, and I was hoping for a reading because it's it's 
very strange to me. Everything that we've been sort of working for and hoping for for the last three years is kind of happening all at once. And even though we would have loved for it to trickle in slowly over the last couple of years, it seems to all be happening right now. And I was just wondering if you could give me a reading and see what's going on and if I can tap into it anymore. Okay. Well, the, the first card is the isolation. And I think that's talking about when things defrost, it happens very quickly. And, and the water comes rushing and things flow. And it was time. It was just time for things to melt the, t the tears and, and things of what you had been going through and your deep sorrow. It's like you, you go there. Our de deep sorrow is to take us within ourselves and to love ourselves in all circumstances and in a great deal of other reasons. But when we go in there, it's not designed to stay in there. It's like a roller coaster. You go down the hill and back up. If we go down the hill and put on our brakes, we just stick down there. And um, to the credit of both of you, you allowed yourself to flow, and now you're coming back up the other side. And it's that intensity um, that brought you to that, and that's why everything is opening up now. And I really feel now's the time to write your own ticket, write your own ticket to wherever you'd like to go, because it's, it's really open wide, and you deserve it. And you don't have to worry about anything else. Okay. Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Katie. And yeah. Nope. Okay. Subducted... Uh, Clam shells in a ball. This is a ball of clams, as they say. And this is an exclamation point. Yeah, there. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how exciting. Crystals are a, an amazing faculty for we, the human race. As we say, we have um, actually two weekends, but this weekend coming up on the subject of crystals, and there is um, more than that uh, that we can ever get to in our crystal glasses. We've done this. I don't know how many well, times over the years. we also cover healing and yeah. gritting and, and things like that. And then the second class is really advanced techniques. And mm. this is Jupiter in rock form. does represent Jupiter. And here is a little uh, geode. Oh, that is so sweet. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And the inside yes. of that is full of itty bitty crystals. Little, little bit of crystals. It is so cute. Uh, all the way around. Yep. There's uh, the uh, poppy seed obsidian, if you want to. Poppy seed uh, obsidian. Mahogany or poppy seed? Oh, mahogany, pardon me. Okay. Yeah. Um, These things translate But obsidian somewhere. is just really lovely. But mm -hmm. it does look like Shows spiral on the top there. Everything in the universe has a spiral. And the crystals are um, spirals that are frozen in time uh, and therefore bear steady. But they're not frozen in the sense of not functioning. Uh, they are Blue frozen uh, to be of a faculty for us, and that's what we talk about. What is, uh, this we also one is cover all the different kinds of quartz points and what they mean and mm -hmm. what they represent. This is a quartz form from Madagascar. It's blue quartz. Blue quartz, yeah. Which looks like a little Blue calcite, I mean, not quartz. Blue oh. calcite. Oh, oh, yeah, hardly. Yeah. And we have a butterscotch calcite there. Just Which is of the optical variety. Do you know how long it would, there we go, hi. <laughs> I looked up expecting. <laughs> I said now, it changed to blue. Yeah. Now, do you know how long it would take if that was actually butterscotch for you to consume a thing like that? That's like, like a jawbreaker? Yeah, that's like a lifetime process right there. Yeah. You could get it in your mouth to begin with. 
But really, I'm there sure are so many things Earth. you can do with these tools. You can yeah. grow and change, evolve, what use them as that antennas, mean? receptors. There we go. We are out of time. Wrap it up, buddy. Okay. All right. Hey, Wrap thanks it for up. tuning in. It was our joy and honor to take you to the door. Yeah. Your choice to go through it. Choose. Yeah. And we will see you next week. And we love you all who called in. And, and all that we love. Yeah. And we love people to call in. So call in again. Thank you.